Welcome back to the Live With Pride podcast. This is episode episode seven with me, Sean, and we have a special guest, our <laughs> second guest, near and dear friend of mine, the Bean King himself, Mr. Mike Krausen. And and I, I I'm not gonna say coffee over cardio because it's not it's not it's a it's a small fraction of what you do. Yeah, man of many talents. Many, many, many. talents. Alabama native. 23 years, born and raised. Fittest model. Used to be when, back when <laughs> I had a little bit more hair. You look kind of hairy. Uh, definitely hairy. It's just not in the right places. Wow. That's right. Welcome. Glad to have you. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Always glad to be back in the King of Cream warehouse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike is in town for an event uh, this weekend at one of our retailers, Triad. We have uh, spoke about that on the podcast a few times. So it'll be a good event all day tomorrow. Serving up some coffee. People need some coffee, especially early in the morning. And then hydrate after you drink dehy- the coffee. De- dehydrate us. Will you be making coffee? Yeah, we're going to be making the uh, the messy bun, cinnamon bun flavor. Nice. It's always a nice go-to. And then uh, sampling out the boom pop and the apple juice. Nice. None None of the new hydrates? No, nah, Dippin' Dots, no. Okay. The, uh, the Rainbow Ice were not... Because um, currently, right now, it's not wholesale. And that doesn't help my retailers if I'm marketing something that's not for them. Gotcha. So whatever I can do to help them push the products inside their store. That's right. We talked about not being able to wholesale it. Not yet. Not yet. It's uh, so whenever you're getting to a big licensing deal like that, you pick and choose your battles, and the last thing you want to do is overpromise. So when you say wholesale to them, to a conglomerate, they're thinking, oh, so we're going Target, Walmart. And so you're, you're like your minimums and your contract agreements become like very large. And so you just try to get your foot in the door and then ask later. So what we didn't, I mean, I touched on it, but to people listening, I mean, we, we know Mike, but, and he's not going to maybe talk about himself too much, but I'm sure I will. Well, so he, let, let he, loose. he owns a brand coffee over cardio, uh, um, uh, um, Marketing agency. Yeah. Uh, are you still farming any at all? Nope. Okay. I, I hung that up a few years ago. However, I did help my dad get I, some hay out of the field the other day. I saw day. that. I saw, <laughs> that that's straight what, from the office yeah. in a polo and shorts. Straight off the flight, no? Yeah, you? yeah. Yeah. I just got back from doing a, a hike with uh, James Lawrence and Cowboy and his family. And, uh, yeah, land. And he was like, got two of my employees going. And I was just like, I can't, like, watch my workers go. And me, like, not go help my own father, so. What's he doing? Why was he out there? Uh, so he just moved, um, and they got some horses, and so he needed hay for them. And my, uh. d- my dad's really frugal, and so if he can get it cheaper, that means work for it, so, you know, by all means. So instead of going to the co-op and paying a little bit more for it, the farmer's like, you can come pick it out of the field yourself. So we picked up 160, 180 bales out of the field. How many horses does he have? Uh, I think three, but that should last like until basically spring. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, so hurt my shoulder throwing those up 10 feet in the air. But, you know, you know me, I'm a walking yeah. injury. Yeah. But maybe we'll hit that new fit later. Mm, I have it at the house. <laughs> we can. But Alfonso typically 
talks way more than me. No, I mean, I'm just enjoying the conversation. He's just in awe. I am in <laughs> awe. I feel like there's just this shining ray of light in front of me, and I'm just trying to soak it in. Yeah, the door, you left it open. That's where the light's coming from. That too. So if you guys hear some background noise, it is the door. The Amazon guy. I'm sure I look really pale compared to you two right now. Yeah, we're, earlier today we were talking about why you're friends with Hispanics, but, man, it makes sense. Yeah, you're going to put him in a tough spot saying something on, on out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, why not? Turn that into a sound bite. But I think uh, kind of whenever we do the podcast with other people, something I always enjoy asking is, what do you do now, and how did you get started within your respected space? Because he mentioned earlier about, obviously, you own Coffee Over Cardio. I personally... When I think of you, I don't think of that. I think of like the marketing, the insight with that, the emails, like, and also just US Mike. Um, so, kind of explain what you do now and and how you got started into it. Yeah. So, man, let's see where I want to start at because I have like quite the story, quite the journey. But twenty three years in Alabama, wanted more out of life, so I left, moved to New York on the whim of like starting. Uh, fitness modeling. Wait, you you moved when you were 23? Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it. I come, it feels like it was a little bit late to leave. Not late, but I thought you left when you were like 18. No, I left after college. Ah. So like a year after college, I left. Where'd you go to college? Uh, University of North Alabama. Mm. So it's like a little place outside of uh, Muscle Shoals, which probably people have heard of before. A lot of musicians and things like that come out of it. You got to be in the country music to know that. Why didn't you go to Alabama? Texas country. Why didn't I go to Alabama? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to pay for it. Makes sense. Like my dad was like, you're going to college, but you're also paying for it. Okay. So <laughs> that was ever since I was young. I knew I was going and I had to pay for it. So I just went that route. Um, I went to a lot of games though because I had a lot of friends that went. Mm-hmm. And so I would just buy the tickets to go and then go down there and enjoy it. So I got, I got some good pieces out of it. But, so I moved to New York. The idea of uh, becoming a fitness model and doing all that stuff. Um, at that time, I was also like, did some photo shoots, got on some book covers of mm-hmm. some rom-com. Um, so there's a few fantasies out there about me. Um, but I think I've done like four or five covers. I don't think he knows what a rom-com is. No, I um, do. Okay. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> I mean, yeah. So I, I didn't know. I didn't know until I saw the cover <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, Mike was it, that guy. basically uh, Fabio. Yeah. 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 And, um, so I moved up there, like went through like a really depressed state because like I left home, like I'm just a redneck up here in this big city with no job. Right. So I just moved on a limb with like really nothing. Mm-hmm. And I was living with, uh, 10 strangers in a, in a, a duplex house. So I like paid like 700 bucks for a room and a parking place. We're at in New York. Spot. It was actually like in Jersey city. Uh, so, which is like really rough part of yeah. up there, but it's about mile, mile and a half outside of Manhattan. Mm. So I would travel in, do some catering gigs, things like that. Personal training a little bit. I was starting my online business of online coaching. Um, ended up getting a job at Shreds, which you're probably not old enough to really know what that is. Sean does. <laughs> um, learned a lot about marketing and how to use social media to sell yourself and sell products. You got that job in New York? They were actually in Jersey City, too. Ah, I thought they were in Cali at the time. Mm-mm. No, so they didn't move out to Cali until, like, 2015, where they split two offices. Ah. So I was, like, the ninth employee. Learned a shit ton. 
Um, and because I actually I got the in because Colin Wayne, who used to be an athlete, who now owns Redline Steel, mm-hmm. it's like a like massive, massive yeah. company. Like yeah. there's like over two million orders, right? And I'm like celebrating two hundred thousand. <laughs> right? They do that like in a quarter. Yeah. So well, I went to high school with him. We did photo shoots together. So we go way back, and so I met up with him. So he was staying with Joey Swole at the time. So then I just got like got in with the guys, um, working out. And I was actually wholesaling the product from Shreds and selling it to clients. And like started creating like packaging bundles. Mm-hmm. So I was like taking a product and packaging it with the service, basically creating my own little funnel, if you would. Did that for about two and a half years, quit to pursue my own thing. So moved back to Alabama there six months, realized that was a mistake. Um, Why is that? Because when you leave a really small town, you go to the biggest city in the world, or the biggest city in the States, rather, and you move back to that small town, like, ignorance is bliss. Mm -hmm. You don't realize, like, how much you outgrow people's thought processes. And when you see big buildings, you think more than just, like, I'm going to make 50000 a year. Mm -hmm. And so everybody has this, like, really small mentality, which is, like, again, ignorance is bliss. Like, it's great. But once you, like... Once the, you see it. Once the veil's pulled, it's hard to go back, right? You yeah. want the, like, like, I want the simplicity of things. However, I've also gotten the taste of, like, what else is out there. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, like, as far as business goes and making connections with people and growing relationships, like, Alabama's just not really the spot to do that. So I moved to L.A. for six months, um, started some apparel companies, and then continued to, like, that entrepreneurial spirit again, no job moving to New York, no job moving back to Alabama, no job moving to L.A. And then after six months in Huntington Beach, I moved back, or I didn't move back, I moved to Dallas, which is where I currently am now, Frisco. And that's when I started basically um, co-founder of Rye Supplements and co-founder of Coffee Over Cardio. And throughout that process, I was helping other people. That's how I made money was helping other People in the bodybuilding space, because that's where I came from. Mm-hmm. And so it's like starting to build websites and things like that. And one person leads to the next. Like, I always say the person who started my career was Guy Cicernino. And, like, we're boys, like, through and through. And uh, made a lot of money together. Made a lot of friendships, um, connections. Basically, it's kind of like put me in the spot that I am today. But... I would have never been where I'm at if I didn't, like, take that leap to go. Right. So many people are, like, afraid. Like, I was never afraid of it. Like, how was I going to make it work? Like, I've always had the confidence, like, I'm going to make it work. Like, yeah. I'm not worried about it. Like, it's going to work. Right. I don't know what's going to happen or what I'm going to do, but, like, mm-hmm. I've always exuded that confidence in myself that, like, I'm going to make it happen. Right. I, I think uh, you're, when we were in Utah, something you mentioned, I don't know how much you want to go into it, but working with Joey Swole. Like, whenever you told me that, I was like, oh, shit, like, that's crazy. Yeah, so I've done a lot of adventures with a lot of uh, big-name people who bring a lot to a business and have a lot to teach me and Mm -hmm. taught me a lot um, about somebody that has so much power to be able to, like, sell right, and push and just, like, open your eyes to possibilities. Mm -hmm. He always thought so much bigger than me. 
And because I was like, well, this is just enough because I'm thinking of my own pockets. Mm-hmm. Right. But when somebody's sold hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars worth of stuff across many avenues, you realize like, fuck, there's so much out there that right. I'm just thinking too small. Right. Because I remember, because uh, you mentioned Rise as well. And I remember when Joey started promoting Rise. So I imagine that was also because of you and in, in that connection. Yeah. So I was, I basically had a good relationship with Joey and a good relationship with Nick, the current uh, owner and CEO. Um, and basically I got some nice sweat equity mm-hmm. for bringing the team together and, and helping basically get it off the ground. And then it got to a point where like, I had to pick or choose because you only can do so much for two startup companies. And so I decided to focus on a company that I owned all of instead of a piece of, Mm -hmm. you know, um, obviously they're doing way better now without me, but (laughs) they're, uh, I'm proud of them. Like all of them, like they're, they're crushing it. Yeah, man, they definitely are. But it's been cool to see because like me and Nick are still really good friends. Um, he's supposed to come on uh, my marketing group uh, next month. Um, he's actually moving in the warehouse right beside me. Nice. It's like 64,000 square feet, and they're already working on the second building, right? And so, like... Crushing. Murdering it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, he, he definitely knows what he's doing. Yeah. 100%. And he has, like, lavish goals, like, big goals, mm-hmm. you know, because, like... To be able, the ability to continue to push forward whenever, like, you're doing good, but then, like, still want to go, still want to go, and still want to go, like, it just shows that, like, you just don't settle. Yeah. And the more people that I get around that are like that, it teaches me, like, do more, do more. To, I'm sure I've influenced Sean here because mm-hmm. I've always been, like, go, 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 push, 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 like, more, more, more. And he's always, like, ah, this is... You know, because I see myself in him when mm-hmm. he first started. Um, but I also saw, like, the potential in the product that he has, who he is as a person, mm-hmm. the relationships and connections that he has inside his network. Like, there's no way that this kid not be successful. Right. I mean, even, like, myself, whenever, I guess, like, we talk numbers, I'm like, oh, wow. Like, I never knew that was possible. Because I, I, when I was coming up, I was so accustomed to, like, making no money at all that my mind was never open to seeing the possibilities that other people did or what was to come. Yeah. I mean like, so when I grew up on a farm, like my dad didn't tell me that I could be an accountant and make six figures. Mm -hmm. Like he taught me I could be a plumber and work for my own living and work hard and have it live a happy life. Mm -hmm. But no one told me that there are jobs that you can make and do. And I just don't really think my dad ever believed like the big dream. Mm-hmm. Like in 2020, we blew up to where, I mean, just an ad spend, I spent $1.2 million on coffee mm-hmm. on the one company. And he looked at me and goes, when's enough enough? And I was like, I don't know. I'll let you know when I get there. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, you look back and go, okay, so how much money did I waste? How much like, profit could I have kept? How could I have like really changed my life in that moment? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I didn't continue to push it forward, then like, would I ever landed the Fruity Pebbles still? Right. Would that you would be where did? you are now? Right. I, I wouldn't be mm-hmm. because you have to think bigger and you have to make the mistakes and learn from them. 
Um, when we were in Utah at the event, right? Mm-hmm. Andy, Andy Frisella said, like, rule one, don't fucking quit. And two, learn on the first mistake. Right. Don't mess up two and three times. Right. Right. Keep those to a minimum because each one of those hurts. And the problem with business is the bigger you get, the bigger the mistakes. More money, more problems. So every time you slip up and you, you make a mistake, mm-hmm. it, it hurts more and more and more. Right. So it's, but it's been a wild journey. I mean, I've, I've loved it. There's been some rocky roads along the way. And, but like, I'm really excited to see where it's going. And like, I am going to sell the company. I've always said like, I want to like, no, I'm going to sell it. I'm going to sell it for eight figures when I'm ready. Makes sense. I mean, you've always, the first time I met you, you said that was your goal. So it's just like, yeah. I had to like, I was like, yeah, you know, I want to do like 10 million online and I want to have three locations. I want to sell for 50 million. And when I had 50 total bags sitting in my apartment as I'm printing t-shirts and uh, making these t-shirts in an apartment on the second floor, mm-hmm. like plastic on the ground so that the the paint didn't get on the carpet. <laughs> right. And I'm like, going to the warehouse, packing rise orders, then coming home and packing my three or four coffee orders. And I was like, yeah, that's the goal. And then at the time I was like, how the hell am I actually going to get there? <laughs> right. Cause that's like, now it's like, it is possible. Tons of people are doing it. Mm-hmm. You just got to get around the right people that have already done it. And then those that know how to do it. Cause like to make a million dollars is really easy. I know that sounds crazy, for you, you might be like, and that sounds really hard. Sean's like, yeah, it's doable. You can do it. And I'm like, well, yeah, you can do it. So, like, you're in levels in life, in business, to where you start talking about numbers in a different way. Yeah. You might talk in hundreds. He might talk in thousands. I might talk in hundred thousands. And then there's people above me that talk in millions and then billions. Yeah. So, it's just how you look at it and the people you're around and how they speak is what you start to believe. Right. I, I saw a thing today um, on Instagram that uh, I think it was study showed that 95% of uh, your success comes from those you're around. Right. If you're around nobodies, you're going to be a nobody. If you're around drug addicts, you're going to be a drug addict. If you're around alcoholics, you're going to drink. If you're around wealthy, you're probably going to accumulate some wealth. Yeah. And so that's what people talk about circle. Like, circle is everything. Yeah, I mean, last even last night, it's crazy you mentioned that. I was having a conversation with a friend, and she's kind of seen my journey, and I was like, yeah, it's kind of weird. All my friends are, like, millionaires. And I was like, it's really weird. But, like, I'm not hanging out with them because of the money they make. They also, like, we're friends. Like, I know you. Like, you help me out a lot. Well, just to be clear, I'm not a millionaire. <laughs> True, but your company does X amount, which... Is yeah, I've never seen numbers like that before, and I was just telling her like how crazy does it go from the different levels that you go um, whenever you're kind of just climbing the ladder. But like it's also weird looking back and how many you know how hard it is to like let go of the previous level in order to get to the next, which is I mean just as crazy. I had a conversation actually this morning with uh, Baker. Nice at the gym. He's a great dude. Awesome dude. <laughs> um, he's like really been game changing. Uh, in my business, in my life, in very few short months. Some people just come along and they just make things better. Mm-hmm. Make your life better, make things easier, open you up to possibilities. 
and they just get the vision. Right. Right. Sean's talked very highly about you for a long time. And um, was I not supposed to say that? No. No. Um, so <laughs> we only put each other down here. So um, conversation you had this morning. Yeah, with Baker. And he was like, so when was your first 10K month? And I thought about it. And I was like, when I was 27, I switched to doing phone sales for people. Because in marketing, I was like building websites and emails and things like that. And then ran across somebody that did phone sales for a supplement company, realized what they were doing, how they were selling it, listened, not just in awe, but listened to the conversations that they had. Mm Mm-hmm and took mental notes on what the script was and how they sold. And within three conversations, I closed somebody uh, for $2,800 for like a year's worth of training. And I was like, man, I've this is like a paycheck, and I just did it in 30 minutes. And so the ability to realize like, oh, shit, like people do have money. Like you can make it, right? Because that's what like, Every mastermind you go to, they're like, there's enough money to go around. And you're like, yeah, but I don't have any of it. Well, yeah, you don't because you got to start asking people for it. You're never going to get it. A, a big thing <laughs> with, with me and towards money and, and people you're around. <clears throat> so somebody that can pay 28 for a year's worth of training, right? Growing up, I've never been around anybody that could barely pay the next week's groceries. So for me to think, like, who do I know? How am I ever going to get in front of somebody? I can't speak to them. And so osmosis is a big thing because growing, I, I just, it was such a foreign subject to me. Somebody will spend X amount on, especially if it was a, a luxury or if it wasn't a necessity. Yep. It was a big, I was like, there's no, there's no way that it, somebody would ever spend that much. And then now, like I find uh, it, it, it's a priority to us, but like we'll pay for like kinder to do jujitsu or something like that. And even when I went and looked at the jiu-jitsu classes maybe over a year ago, I was like, how much is that? Yeah, it's like a 175 a month. Yeah, I was, I was, yeah. It was, we paid four months in advance with like 900, right? Yeah. It's, it's the best gym in Oklahoma City. Yep. And I knew I wanted to take her there. I, I wanted to go myself. But I, it, when I first went, I was like, how much is this? Like, people pay this? And then in my head, I was like, there's no way people – and like now, because one, I prioritize it, and because we've been able to set ourselves up to do the certain things, if we prioritize and pay for it, we pay for it, and it's helping her tremendously with you know all these different attributes for you. I'm a huge fan of jujitsu. Yeah. I started um, whenever I was in New York. Um, jujitsu changed my life in more than one way, a positive <laughs> and a negative. Um, because when I started, I was gun ho and I was tired of bodybuilding, so I like quit. I was 260 pounds, Oof. which is I guess after weighing this morning 50 pounds ago, so depressing to say. But so I come in on the mats, giant big black beard, 255 pounds. And then it was like the third day that this gym was open right down the street. Oh, boy. And the professor was like, oh, my God, who is this guy? (laughs) Because you don't walk in with like, you know, a tattoo of how good you are on your forehead. Yeah. And then I walk out in a kimono, which for those who don't know, you're supposed to have a gi, and I had a karate kimono that was given to me uh, by Tom DeBlas whenever I did my first session. So I go in for my second session, and this is the school's third class. So he was like, and he's been rolling all day because he's the only guy teaching. He was like, please do not be a black belt. Please do not be a black belt. 
And I walk out in a kimono, and he was like, thank God. <laughs> but so four months in, I did a competition, um, really nervous, tore my pec within the first 30 seconds. And that moment changed my life because my identity of who I was for 10 years was gone. Like, I'll never pick up three plates again. I'll never be able to continue to hold this mass and pursue, like, what was my therapy at the time. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm no longer the same. Yeah. And so six weeks after that, I'm still rolling on the mats because it was something I loved to do. So I'm, like, post-surgery, tying my hands in my in my belt rolling mm-hmm. and then because I have one hand to fall on my other shoulder, my good shoulder popped AC joint. And so now I'm like broken on both sides. And so it's like, now what? Like at that point I went to another depression. That's when I left and moved back to Alabama. It's like, I'm, who am I? What am I doing? So I left and then realizing like I moved out of sadness of like, I'm over. So let me just go back to being a nothing. Yeah, And then well, I actually sat down with somebody who was a millionaire at the time, or as I guess still is, and was like, you made a mistake. Like, you're bigger than this place. You got to get out of here. And then 90 days later, I moved to L.A. It's so hard to divorce ourselves from those things that I didn't outwardly identify as a bodybuilder, but I still did, right? And it was it, even probably until maybe last year or so, um, there was always – thoughts in my head, like, well, I, I could still come back and maybe do classic or whatever. Like it was just, I couldn't divorce myself so easily. And I hadn't been on competing, working out on stage in four years, knowing I'm done, right? Really knowing it's hard, hard to divorce yourself from that. It is because for so long, I know for myself, like, I don't know. I always felt like I was friends with like the group. But I was like the outer circle. I was never inside. So the only compliments I got were on my strength and on my size and the way I looked. Mm-hmm. So it was a way for me to get recognition because I grew up with my father was a really hard man. And it took me a really long time to like understand his methods. Not that very good will. Like intentions are, are great. Execution, not the best. We've had these conversations. But... So I never felt good enough ever. Mm -hmm. And so when somebody would praise me on something, it would just light that fire. And so now the thing that I was praised for is now gone or it's going to be because I'm not going to be able to continue to keep this up. So everything changed about who I was and like what made me me. Mm -hmm. And so I actually like dove more into work. And I know now that I place a lot of my self-worth on like my business, which is also just as bad because of good months, bad months, things you can't control, if that affects your personal, then that's a problem, right? So, like, right. I'm continuing still to this day to focus on, like, I'm me and the business is what I do, not I'm the business. Right. You're Mike Crossan. Right. Yeah. You know, and so I didn't realize, like, Mike is good enough, not Mike's only as good as the way he looks or how much money he makes or all these other things. So when yeah. I got back into coaching – and when I started the group was to help other people because now I can serve a purpose of helping others mm-hmm. versus chasing a dollar or chasing what I look like in the mirror. Yeah, and, and, and by helping others, like that that always gives. Always. Always. It gives you, right? It fills your cup. Regarding, I mean, you could have a bad month, but you help five people, one person do these things, mark, you know, check these boxes or whatever it is. 
And that fills your cup every day. Every time. So every call that we have, like, I know that I see somebody like Lightbulb coming on because that used to be me, and I know how game-changing that's going to be to prevent that headache that I went through for the people. Yeah, I mean, even when I'm in the calls, which I'm fortunate that you let me go, I'm like, holy shit. I told Sean, I was like, Mike is, like, really smart. <laughs> like, really, really smart. There's a lot of things that I didn't know that you know, and I'm like, wow. And I think another thing, too, is, like, the calls, they're supposed to be an hour, but normally they last a little bit longer than an hour. And it's like, which is fine, because you can tell you genuinely want to help other people and actually, like, help them correct the problems or see the issue that they might not see. Yeah, because I never really, like, I never look at the clock, and every time I do look at the clock, it has been past an hour. And so I'm like, how long have I been doing this? Um, because I'm not trying to check in and check out. Mm -hmm. like, I'm trying to check the boxes of answering the questions. And so... Because each one of those things matter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when it comes to business too, you know, for everybody that's listening that, you know, does anything with business, like it, it's not about just like showing up. It's about uh, delivering so much so that those that are willing to pay you will talk about you to other people. Right. Because it's, it's not customer satisfaction, it's customer loyalty that you're going for. Right. But it's also just genuinely trying to help people. Which is like the the key, yeah. yeah like and that and that goes to show when it and it rubs off and you know in the group I try to teach long ball long play mm -hmm. like relationships and doing things and not doing the fast cash right because I've done fast cash I've worked for fast cash and that dies right flash in the pan eventually has to burn out mm -hmm. well I often I often say this and I don't know if Alfonso realizes it I, I when I say it I say it like I'm I'm repeating a conversation I have with somebody and I was helping. Um, uh, I had a phone call with Tuttle and his two, two business partners. They're launching a drink mix and I was giving them some insight on like ship station and <clears throat> um, just shipping in general website, just different things on the back end. Yeah. All the stuff I taught you. Right. <laughs> right. And I told them with you all the stuff. And so, and then, so there was you and then there was Dan Pierce, mm -hmm. my, 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 yep mentor if you want to call them that um and i i often say this is there's there's people that have helped me two people specifically that have helped me in the beginning that could have easily taken advantage of me super easy right especially we have uh, a, a product that you could you could hypothetically see it can grow some legs and they never took advantage of me and and since then all i do is try to give back right like send you people mm -hmm. whatever you need um i hate doing videos you ask me to do a video i'm gonna Took me a bit, but I'm gonna do it. Like because you asked, right? Or refer as many people I can your way because that you put the good out, right? And then I told the guys when I was on the call with them, I said, "Hey, no quick pro quo." I'm, I'm I was like, "Thank you guys for letting me fill my karma bucket, right?" Because I haven't been able to do it in a while. It felt cool to felt really good to be able to feel like I knew what I was talking about. Um, but I told them, I said, "Yeah, I went to I went to Mike's house." Uh, uh, and they were like shipping out of the house and they had workers in there. I was like, I just want to do that. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess like to go back to like the coffee piece, which Sean was talking about. So shipping out of an apartment, mm -hmm. right? Printing t-shirts, like physically like printing them, like heat press and drying them. And then went to a rental house and was filling out of one bedroom. And then it went to two bedrooms and then went to two bedrooms and then 
pallets in the garage mm-hmm. and I'm printing t-shirts in the garage, which is 118 degrees in Dallas in the summer. I remember taking like the, the temperature gun and pushing against the wall, <laughs> 118. So like to going into a 2000 square foot warehouse to the five we're in now and like the progression. And I look back and I go, dude, I was so happy when I was standing in front of 50 boxes of coffee in a, in a room. Dude, it was so cool. I, I remember distinctly walking in there. It was before I went to the Arnold. I was getting ready to leave to the Arnold that week. And I was like, I want to just show me. Because when I come back, we're moving. And I was like, I'm not going to have you down the road anymore. <clears throat> I was like, just walk me through the process. So you walk into the house, right? And they had like the the bar stools right there. And like working as like it's an office. Mm-hmm. And then... uh take a right go all the way back and that's where the, that's where the shipping like the uh, shipping station was which i essentially emulated some similar um but I, all i remember is like man this is really cool like and you don't have to pay rent like this this is really cool i want to do that yeah, it's when two people working at the kitchen table had somebody pack in right and this is still while like i was going to like um was i going to rise at this time i well it was like half and half i think a little bit a little bit yeah. and then like I think in August I quit and then went full time coffee. But so quick question, backtracking, how did you come up with the idea with coffee? What was the concept? Because it is a catchy name, coffee over cardio. How did you come up with all that? Well, I think there's two pieces to that. One, I think that coffee over cardio is a great and terrible name at the same time. So and I say that because the first <clears> question <throat> when a stranger sees it, goes, what is this? Like protein coffee? Right, right. And it's like, no, I mean uh, it's just coffee, but mm-hmm. I'm from fitness, and the hook line was, if I could choose one way to increase my heart rate, I would choose coffee over cardio. Mm-hmm. Like, that's cute and fun or whatever, right? But to, to back it up to where we came from, um, my business partner at the time um, drank a lot of coffee, and I didn't even drink coffee before I started it. <laughs> and we... Had, we were talking about it, and... I wanted to like start another business. Like, I was like, I want to need to do something. I need to create something. Like, I need to create a business for myself. Mm-hmm. And so, I was like, you drink so much coffee, you should just like start your own. And then it clicked. I go, well, let me look into that. And so, I did. And then I started to formulate like what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And so I put together a marketing plan before I even tasted any coffees. I was like, I want to create Black Rifle Coffee, but the complete opposite. So instead of doing military, hardcore, gung-ho, rah-rah, I was like, I want to do Starbucks drinking, yoga pant wearing millennials. And then, okay, so now I want to have a personal touch to it like Flavor Guy does because they're really big on social. And then I want to try to build a culture like First Form. And so you, you start to hodgepodge all these ideas together to create your own thing because if, you, if I just said I'm going to start a coffee company, I wouldn't be where I'm at today mm-hmm. because you – I heard a phrase one time that says, if you try to serve everyone, you're going to serve no one. Mm-hmm. So that's why, obviously, niche things do way better because it builds the community, which allows people to unite. Mm-hmm. And if the brands can't unite, if your people you can't unite together, you're not actually going to have a brand. Right. Right. So by getting super detailed and niche into that audience, so much so that, like, our pumpkin spice is called Basic AF to where, like, Everyone loves that aspect of it mm-hmm. versus just being plain pumpkin. It's crazy you had a marketing plan before you had actual yeah, so, product. So the way that actually worked is I was like, I want to 
And this is where I like copied off the Flavor God concept. Smart. They had chocolate donut, and I know that was their best seller. And I was like, I want a chocolate donut coffee. Mm-hmm. I want a messy bun coffee, a cinnamon coffee. I want a dark roast. Mm-hmm. And then I want an organic. And then come to find out that like we could do a dark roast at 156 milligrams of caffeine, which we called workflow, um, which made it different and unique. Mm-hmm. And so because not everybody likes flavored coffee. So it's like, okay, this will appease those people. And then the two flavored coffees, like those are unique and different. So we'll do that. And then organic for those people. Mm-hmm. And then you, the market tells you what I, what, what your consumers wanted. Right. We don't sell much non-flavored coffee. Mm-hmm. We had to discontinue the organic Kona blend because it was, it's, there's so much of it out there. It right. didn't stand out. Normal coffee doesn't stand out and the flavors took off. Mm-hmm. So now we have like 12 coffees with 10 more coming with licensing deals. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Which those licensing deals you show, showed me, I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, and so like it just opens the eyes of like possibilities. Right. And so creating the concept and knowing what it was going to look like and I can in, like envision exactly what I wanted to do. Mhm. Versus just like, I'm just going to make a coffee and sell it. Right. There's an actual game plan behind what you're trying to do. Yeah. So when it's like, if you're doing personal training, it's either like, do you train everyone? Because there's no way you train busy moms and then you train student athletes and then bodybuilders and that you're great at all of it. Mm-hmm. Like there's n- no one is great at everything. Right. So if you're able to like dial into one thing and be specific on that, you're going to be really successful in that space and people's going to know you for that. Mm-hmm. So if you train busy moms, go all in on that. Right. Make if sure. Sean started making other type of breakfast things that are outside of like his thing, then he's going to lose like what he is. Yeah. We blend in. Right. But yeah. The whole reason we haven't you know, stay in your lane, right? The whole reason we haven't done and won't do anything with protein for Ever or for a really long time? I, dude, I get asked all the time, you want to come out with the collagen for coffee? I'm mm-hmm. like, that's not what we do. Yep. I'm not a supplement company. Like, I have two health products, but I'm not a supplement company. Could I come out with it and it would be successful? Yes. However, is it going to be the best collagen protein on the market? Probably not. Because you can't have everything be superb. And then you, you kind of shoot yourself in the foot if you have certain influencers and people posting about it that have or working with companies that are affiliated with right so our smart concept is that i say i don't want any competition even though i have the largest competition in the entire world right right so you have oil and then coffee so i say i don't have competition and i always make the joke right because like first form's unbelievably massive right they're just absolutely killing the game and i always make the joke i wish first form was my competition when i talk to supplement owners they're like it's so saturated i'm like you (laughs) fucked (laughs) <laughs> right, like you have no idea. Yeah. Okay, so great example. Um, I think I've talked to you both about this, but so Starbucks. I always ask the question: How many locations in the world do you think there are? And most people are like, oh, you know, like ten thousand. Like, there's twenty-seven thousand locations. Now, how many do you think are in the United States? And they're like, oh, like ninety percent. I'm like, seven thousand locations are in the United States. So that just goes to show that Starbucks is four times as big as you think it is. That's and insane. that's my competition. I still think most people don't think that big. 
No. They're like, oh, I'm not going against Starbucks. Because you think about your little town. I'm going against the person down the street. And it's like, are you really, though? Because even, this is something that you say, too, and like I think I forget. It's like, we're in the food business. It's like, oh, shit, that's a big business to be in. Yeah, because everybody eats. Yeah. Right. So everybody. Everybody eats. 50% of the population drinks coffee. So, but, you know, if you look at your competition of, like, really what you are, what are you, what are you going against? Oatmeal and Ben's? Now, Kellogg's, Jif. Yeah, I mean, so we have almond butter spreads. We have bars. Right. I mean, we're going to have but, more and more. Right, yeah. but as far as your staple product, right? Like, that's your that's your number one OG product. That's always going to be your best-selling SKUs because that's what you're known for. All the other products that companies create outside their flagship products are just accessories or car builders. But at the end of the day, if they didn't sell their flagship, they would not stay open. I'd like to. I'd like the bars to pass it up. I think they might be able to, well, you know, just just because of placement after we reformulate them. Yeah, but anyways, so you do coffee. Yep. How did you get into marketing? So I was always helping people as like an income, mm-hmm. right, because that's what I did. Because I didn't get paid for coffee for like two and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was always helping other people do things. And obviously being from the fitness space, everything was fitness related. Mm-hmm. And then we started coffee, and then we started having other people recognize what we were doing. They're like, "Hey, can you do that for me?" And I was like, "Sure, I'll help you for five hundred bucks a month." And like, did all this work for five hundred bucks, and I was like, "Awesome! Like, I can just like that's almost like half my rent." Yeah. And so that like that was cool. And then the next person be like, "You know, we get two of those." And I'm like, "Okay, so it's like a thousand because they wanted more stuff." Okay, it's so like a thousand bucks. Like, sweet. And then with 1500 And then we talked to a really big company that was doing like six figures a month. At the time, I say that's big. I mean, it is big, but don't get me wrong. And I was like, all right, three grand. <laughs> and they're like, okay. And I was like, I like muted the phone. I was like, holy shit, I can't believe they just took it. <laughs> and I realized I was like, so I'm on to something. Yeah. Right. So if I kept speaking from my pockets who could not afford to pay somebody three grand, I would have never gotten it. But again, like I said, if you don't ask for the money, you're never going to get it. Right. Right. So when that happened, I hired a graphic designer because I was making all the graphics myself, mm-hmm. doing everything essentially like just whoever was working on coffee did all the stuff for the agency. And then I realized that the agency can be sufficient on its own. And obviously, like we're doing it for coffee. It is working. What we do is working. Mm-hmm. We know it's working. Proof in the pudding. And so we started to uh, do a slight outreach, get like one or two more people, and then they just started to trickle in from like referral to referral to referral to referral. And I think at the peak, we were like at 22 different businesses. And so the agency... Um, so it's like 14, uh, 14 employees working on this and we come to where like, hell, it was more work than running coffee. And then I quickly realized like now my flagship product is slacking. And so I had to start reallocating time, energy and efforts so that everyone else's business wasn't growing and mine was staying stagnant because I didn't have the time or resources to work on it. Mm-hmm. So really about a year ago, I started being more selective about who we worked with and stopped just trying to take money and make money 
and focus on growing a brand that when it sells, it will be worth a hundred times any marketing client that I have. Right. And so that's when I started dive in and thinking bigger and like, okay, so dip and dots and then reaching out to like all these other companies, um, and landing like the massive deal that we got now with Fruity Pebbles. Right. Which this is the first time that's being aired. Um, I haven't spoke about that publicly. Big time. Um, yeah. So can can you say what the product is? Or are we not going to go that far? Um, I won't go that far because I'm excited for it. Because I'm here for it. I don't know. Uh, we'll support it. I'm I'm still working on the logistics um, of when we're going to launch first, when we're going to launch, and things like that. But like the dotted line signed. You can uh, run an ad on our podcast. Right now. You can pay me. Yeah. All right. Five, <laughs> Sponsored. Five dollars. Sponsored by. Sponsored by Coffee or Cardio. <laughs> yeah. And so then that just like, like I said, like it's not like can I sell? And it's like, no, I am going to. And like having that type of confidence going into it. And like I stopped taking a paycheck from the company to focus on the growth of it so that, you know, my lifestyle isn't going to change if I pay myself, you know, an extra whatever a month. Right. Because the agencies was what's paying me. It's always what's paid me. And so I just continue to build that business. And because that business is successful, it just shows that, like, I'm just not a guy you're hiring right? That to help you make emails. Like, you know what you're doing. I like to think that I know what I'm doing. Well, I get – hold on, I'm not laughing. You know what you're doing. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not laughing at that. <laughs> I'm laughing because I get emails every day from agencies. Every day. Like, and I mean – constantly then we get some on social media but and i'll every now and again just if i have a second i'll look and see like what do they do right yeah real quick but you never see or very seldom do i see anyways if there's an agency that actually has a brand as well and that it's can, never ever the case it's a it's a very very big upside for you a very big one in my opinion anyways well it's because the difference is, <clears throat> is that when the agency or the business owner is hiring an agency First and foremost, they don't have the employee, they don't have the knowledge power of a marketing team on their side, which means odds are that they're probably smaller or have a bunch of different things going on. They just need to outsource pieces. So depending on the size of the company, I'm either co-CEOing with you or I'm taking orders. So it's like, okay, so I want you to make these amount of emails a week, set all these up, blah, blah, blah. Or the company comes to me and goes, I don't know what to do. And I go, okay, I'll step in. If this is my company. This is what I would do. And I co-CEO, and that goes from everything to like, so how are you shipping the product? What's your product weigh? Oh, well, I think we should come out with this product. Have you thought about how much it's going to cost to ship that right. product? How it's going to impact. Right. So I think about all the problems that they don't foresee because I've already done it. Yep. And so it becomes very powerful in that sense for a small business to work with us, which is essentially why I created the group in the first place at a fraction of the cost because you're going to learn all those things so that you can go implement yourself because truthfully, if you're like just starting out, like you can't afford to hire a full blown agency with 10 people. So that's what I was going to say. So those mistakes that they're going to make, like just by you stepping in and helping them, it's going to, they, 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 they don't even realize and know how much money that's going to save them just by spending a little bit, whether it's on the agency that you, where you'll step in and help them or the group that you're trying to create, right? right. That little bit, because they're just, they're, they have no idea. And they're going to, I made so many mistakes the first six months, even with your help. Right. And that has, that has nothing to do with like you not helping me enough. 
you're still going to make those fucking mistakes. Right. And so I tried to basically just prevent mistakes from happening inside those companies because I already made them. Um, and I mean, like for the group, right? So the group's what? two ninety seven a month, which two calls a week. So we're talking like thirty two fifty a call or $35, a call, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. If you don't get $37 worth of value out of that call, you're just not listening. You're not listening. You get about $1,000 worth of <laughs> value per call. And be, and so it's like, when I'm telling you how to set up your Instagram bio, it's because I've set up hundreds of them. And as a consumer, like my forte, what I think I'm good at, is being the country bumpkin who goes to your website and goes, so what are we doing here? What's going on? Like, what are you selling, right? So, like, we went over yours, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, the whole piece was, like, let's work, and it was set up around community, and there was nothing really that showcased apparel. Mm-hmm. And the bio was, like, my first instinct, this is an apparel company. Now, obviously, I know that it is, and you know that it is because it's your company. Mm-hmm. So, oftentimes, people forget that they know what they do, but no one else knows what they do, and so you don't see it from the outside in. And you just make an assumption. Right. right? So when you make an assumption about coffee of cardio, I think it's got protein in it. So I have to specify those things so no assumptions are made. Because assumptions are usually made in a manner that doesn't actually align with your business. And the brain needs to not use as many calories. So it wants to think less. So if it has to think extra, if it's not the first five seconds, ten seconds, or they have to like really dissect what it is that's going on here, Cost it's too it's too um too costly of fuel. Brain's not gonna do it. Yeah. And most people don't do something because they also don't know how to do it. So instead of researching and trying to figure it out, they just don't do it at all. It's not that they don't <clears throat> think that they need emails, because every business knows that they need emails. However, most businesses it means if you collect money from people, I don't care how big, how small, what industry you're in, product service, if you don't have emails, it's because you don't know how to do them, not because you don't think you need them. It took us Took us over a year, I'm pretty sure. And I hounded your ass every <laughs> fucking week to make emails. Yep, I just I think and, now. What percentage of your sales come from emails? Now, no. I would say probably close to thirty percent, because that's what most people do when they listen. Yeah, but we. Well, okay, so I but you're you're talking about the flow, not emails that we send out weekly. No, I'm talking about all of it. I have to they get take wholesale out of the account, but like when it I, comes to e-commerce, I have to go back and look because it's not much because we're not sending much. Still, we have the we have the flow set up. We have yeah. the flow set. I know. I'm getting mine set up. I've been working on it. The flow set up, and we do send, we are sending emails more frequently, and 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 I'm, I'm he gets on to me about it. Joe does, but um, the way the emails work is very simple. Everybody's trying to sell the first time they see your product, and the problem is when you try to sell. In the first seven days, you're short selling. Because if I'm coming to you as a personal trainer, I'm coming to you to buying a product, I don't know who you are, I don't trust you, and I don't know anything about your brand. So I see a reel that you made that you spent a lot of energy and effort into, then I go to your bio, and then somebody calls me, and then my Instagram shuts. It's gone. It's done. However, if there was an opportunity for you to gather somebody's data, now you're able to market to them whenever they got busy. That's what an abandoned cart is. Email Abandoned cart email is because somebody got busy. And then it's a constant reminder. So and we've all heard it takes, what, 7 to 10, where everyone says their own fucking shit. 
so many touch points before a purchase is made. Mm -hmm. And the emails are what create those touch points. Because if you have to post about your products every day for somebody to see that, then all you're going to be doing is just trying to sell, 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 instead of touch, 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 touch. Right. And sales get old real fast. It's like getting on the side, on the, on the corner and selling oranges. Yeah, it's a one shot. Right. You said oranges? You know why I said oranges. Right, but here's I, the piece. Not I'm not. If they set up a QR code and started collecting data, then they can post about where they're going to be at and what corner for right. them to come get that fruit. Right. People's like, oh, I don't need to collect emails. I just sell fruit. <clears throat> I just told you how to get customers to show up to every fucking place you go to. To, to, just to say so, that a lot, we, we have email flows. We have it. <laughs> we do send them. We do send them. I just know to, to your level, we're not sending, we're, we're not as active as we should, but we, we have the flow. We have the abandoned carts. We send out the text. We send out, we do that with, it's all set up and set up. Well, I just know that I'm leaving a little bit on the table. Sure. So I talked about this on the call the other day too. So there's a lot more, let's say, fitness coaches or service-based industries than there are product-based, right? Mm-hmm. And service ones are the ones that give the that collect the least amount of data because product businesses have enough money invested that they understand the importance of emails. Mm-hmm. And so I'll just use a – I've always been in fitness, so I'll talk about a fitness coach or a fitness influencer that sells a product or a service, whether it's apparel or personal training or whatever. I'll use them as a great example. They're always thinking about how much money they made this month. And so that means how many phone calls did I get and how many deals did I land? Mm -hmm. What they're not looking at is two years from now because are you going to be a personal trainer for 40 years? So whenever you start collecting data and you focus on the two-year mark instead of the two-week mark or the seven days, then you're actually building wealth because if somebody came to me, right? I'm sure somebody came to you as well. And they're like, oh, I have a million followers. That's awesome. That's great. Like, what do you charge? $300 a post? And then somebody with a million followers, fuck that. Somebody with 50,000 followers comes to me and goes, I've got 50,000 emails. I'm like, what do you want? Five grand for the email? Yeah. So whenever you start collecting that, because when you're collecting emails, people care about who you are and what you're about. Right. And then you give value to those emails. You're actually teaching people instead of just trying to sell, 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 sell. Now you're building a list of people that love who you are and what you do. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly being touched and educated and, and taught and all this stuff. So that whenever you set up an affiliate where they're like, I'm now with an apparel company. And then they put to like a picture and like, this is my free workout that I'm given for the week. Here's the shirt I'm wearing, and they link that in the bottom of it, and then they make money off this automated flow that's mm-hmm. going out, and then the next week it's something else, and the next week it's something else, next week it's... And then before you know it, they have 10 different affiliate deals mm-hmm. from anywhere from 5 to 20% commission on each one of those, and you have 30 people coming in through your flow a week. Like, how are you not going to make money? Right. No one thinks outside of, like, Oh, I need to sell my ebook for 40 bucks. It's like, no, you need to give that motherfucker away yep. and get that data. <laughs> because like data is king. I feel like that's your favorite word. Data? Yeah, data. Listen, well, I like it. I use the shit out of it now too. Well, I was frustrated when I when I I thought of it too late. I'm like, we should have gave bars away at CrossFit 
four emails. Like, just gave him full bars away. Okay. I was so mad because I thought about it way too late in order to do that, which next year we'll have it set up to we will give the house away, right? Because right. they're great, great people to interact with, great potential customers, but we didn't collect data there at all. So I never do events, right? I'm pretty much 99.9% e-com. So this event tomorrow, I'm going to show represent for the event. And I'm like, how am I going to collect data? I don't have anything. So I was like, oh, I've got a box that has a QR code on it. My QR code goes to my website. My website is a pop-up. I was like, okay, so here's my funnel. Scan the barcode. Put your information. I'm going to give you this free free product. Now, we've done that. I've done that in the past. Yeah. But it's like, so, like, because for me to do that, it's like, I'm giving away a spoon. Whatever the spoon costs me is worth the lead of somebody that's like tried my products. Right. Because those that just come across the brand, like they either buy it or they just, I really wish I could try it. Because you always wish that you could try something. So when you try something and then now you're in my ecosystem, and I'm going to keep reminding you with all these different emails once you get in there. It's like I'm going to email you until, email you until you fucking leave. I send a million emails a month. Do you really? I do. Not like I have a list of a million. Mm-hmm. But I send emails that frequently inside flows that either you fall in love with the product or you exit. Right. Because if you don't love it, I want you to exit anyway. Because you're just costing me money. Yep. That's a lot of emails. It is a lot of emails. Uh, so... Two, two more questions because we have that call coming up, or you do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, How did you meet this guy? Sean? Oh, this is a great story. <laughs> I, I wanted to come back to this uh, whenever you ask another question. So I met Sean, who at the time when I met him, to think that he would go on a podcast would have been like a red moon come out. <laughs> like this guy is a turtle, right? And I'm I'm not much better. However... Um, he would say that I'm like wild in compared to him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so when we go to events, he was like, you going, all right, go to my tag along. So that like, I will break the ice for people. Right? Mm-hmm. So he was at the gym and he's always covered head to toe in like four fucking layers, like top and bottom layers. <laughs> and I'm the guy in the fucking stringer in the shorts. Right. Like, um, cause for me, like, it's the vanity piece, and that's what motivates me. Yeah. Right? So, like, he gets off on doing the work. I get off on seeing the work done. And so they are both have their place, both have their purpose, both have their motivation. It's just, who are you? And so uh, I don't – we'd seen each other, I think, but then we sat down at a lunch um, oh, that's right. Yeah. With the CEO of Rise, yep. and then a manufacturer, and then another guy, and we were talking about marketing for a company that he was looking to do um, a few years ago. Was that 2018? 17? 17, 18. Yeah. And so me and Nick were doing a marketing agency at the time together um, before we focused on Rise, and then we went our ways. Mm-hmm. But we were sitting down talking about it, this, that, whatever. And I think I like, saw him at the gym again. And then we started talking. And I was actually getting ready for a show. I always make the joke like this as I was coming out of double retirement. 
Um, because I've done like 13 shows, <laughs> I did 12, and then just out of nowhere, I was like, I'm gonna do a show six weeks from now. That's more shows than me, yeah. None of us are as talented as Sean. Oh, oh talent, so don't let that work fool you. Hey, genetic, <laughs> so yeah, genetics like his calves. So <laughs> we, uh, it's okay, I'll let him have that. I one. might get, <laughs> I'm getting ready for the show, right? Uh huh, and he was like helping me out and I wasn't like it was the best I'd ever looked at a show, which to Sean's not saying a lot. <laughs> but I wasn't stressed. I was doing like thirty minutes of walking cardio a day. I was eating two hundred carbs. And I was like, You need to lower them carbs. He was he was like I was living life. I was good. He I was, was happy. Like happy that it was like that he was like getting by on so little work or output and so well, much input. Because I've I've been in <clears throat> For my history of competing, my first show was two hours of cardio a day for eleven weeks straight, and Oof. then I would I would eat more to match the cardio, which to, in my mind now I look back like that's dumb. Yeah, yeah, right. They're like a work, and then you make your food to match it. And I'm like, why? Yeah, but that's what I did. I mean, I competed when I was 19, uh, did T nationals, all that stuff. Competed in my early 20s, and so it was always all this work. So it was like a dread to do. Mm-hmm. But I loved it, and it helped me make more money because the better you look, the more money you make. Yeah. Like, that's a fact for all you listening. <laughs> so. I do believe that. Yeah. So I was, like, focused on, like, the better I look, the more money I make, because it always happened. I got more clients when I was leaner. Yeah. Period. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts. So he was actually, I would go to him because I look up to me, like, being a pro, this, that, whatever. And so he would be like, you're looking good. Yeah. You know, like, just. Typical Sean answer. Yeah, right? Yeah. Because he doesn't like to, like, dive in unless you, like, really ask him something. Mm-hmm. And then he'll always say, I don't know enough to give you any advice. I'm like, yeah. okay, Sean. <laughs> so I was like, you care to look at me pose in the bathroom? He's like, yeah, I'll look. Which, which I hated, by the way, because I can't stand, like, I just, it's uncomfortable. Like, you're in a bathroom, you're posing. I know it's a common thing. And it doesn't, it doesn't bother me if I see somebody doing it, but, like, to be involved in it. Because I would do my pictures in the family restroom by, by yourself. Right, because Sean cares about what other people think about him. Let's just put that out there. Right, we'll get to that in a second. I don't know if I do, I just... Uh, Sean was in his own world when he bodybuilded. Yeah. Sean's was- still in his own world, let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I- I'm going through it. He was like, how many weeks out are you? And I was like, I think it was like two weeks. Two or three. You were, uh- it was two or three weeks. But I'd only been dieting, like a total from the day I said I was going to do a show to step on stage was five weeks. Uh-huh. Um... And for all you listening, I looked actually really good for five weeks of dieting, so kiss my ass. About five weeks out. And so he was like, I was like, what do you think, you know? And he was like, what do you think? <laughs> and I was like, he's like, what do you want? And I was like, Man, I just want to get a little bit better, you know, just like a little bit. And he was like, okay, then do that. <laughs> okay. And then as we, Sean. like, developed in a relationship, he was like, knock, knock. And I was like, knock, knock. He's like, yeah, you mean knocking on first place door because you're going to be in second. No, no, no. He does that shit to me too, man. No, no. I would tell you, like, knock, knock. Like, who's there? Like, second place. Yeah. I'd I'd be like, I'm not squatting today. He's like, knock, knock. (laughs) I'm like, dude, why do you do that shit? So I did the show, won my class and classic in bodybuilding, and then lost the overalls. And he was like, Knock knock. <laughs> like that's when you knew you were buds. Yeah, and so it kind of just went from there. But I'd say that's how like we started, and then he 
got into the, like seeing all the coffee stuff and then with his company and it kind of just like went from there. Nice. So one more question before we leave, where is uh, Mike Krausen in five years? Dude, th- people ask me that. Um, I don't say all the time cause that's not true, but people ask me that question. And if you asked me that two years ago, I'd have said I lived in four different States in the last five years. So who fucking knows? Yeah. Like, I have no idea where the next five years is. Um, five years ago, I started coffee. So to think where the next five years goes, I have, I have no idea. I think that I'll have coffee sold. Mm-hmm. I think I will sell it for the nice fat eight figure mark. I don't think that I want to hold on to it any more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, because at that point, like, could I sell it now? Yes. Would it change my life? No. Mm-hmm. So unless I can change my life and change the lineage of my last name, then I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Um, but I think the goal is to build the company, continue to grow my knowledge base, and use the accolade of building a company and selling it for that amount of money to continue to help other people to show like, hey, man, if I can fucking do it, I can show you how to do it too. Right. And go from there. Um, that's all I got. I mean, as far as like a business aspect, you know, I might be taking Sean's advice of like getting out of the city more and like I've fallen in love with the mountains. I'm a big fan of the beach, you know, so I have dreams and, as, you know, aspirations of like I don't want a beach house, you know, like. So quick story. I got tattooed on my arm. Um, the word flourish and two palm trees and like bird and things like that. But It's all like beach tropical related. So when I moved to L.A., I bought two palm trees and I said, I'm going to plant these motherfuckers in a place that they'll grow in a piece of property that I own. Now the dogs at the time I had thought otherwise and they chewed them up. Hmm. However, the dream didn't die. And the idea is that to be successful enough to own what is deemed a slice of paradise. And so it pushes me to, and every day I would like get on my Instagram and be like flourish and like, Make a thing and joke about it, you know, and make content. Content's king. So I become to my people's like, where do, where's the flourish at? Where to go? So you, you build a reputation for doing stuff. But You're like flipping your eggs. Exactly. It's the exact same thing. So yeah. now I flip eggs instead and people like expect to see it and expect it to come around. But right. the idea of like being successful enough to go do that. Right. Right. And so things change too because I'm like, that sounds really nice. But at the same time, I'm like, Shit, I got another half of the arm. I might have to do some, like, some mountains in Colorado and Utah and Montana up here because, like, now that's becoming real appeasing, too. But it's Beautiful places, man. Yeah, but the idea is just, like, you know, get somewhere to where I'm not at an office 24-7 like I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, build a family, focus on that, and do the things that I've neglected or I worked so hard to... Because the problem is, too, is you got to enjoy the journey as you do it because the whole point of, like, why you're working hard is to build this thing. But if it never happens, all you do is work hard and you never have anything. Right. So. But even if it never happens. You have to enjoy did, the you journey. You have to. You have to. Because the truth of the matter is, is that when the end of the day, like, selling the company is going to be nice. However, hanging my hat on the building to the process of doing it all is, like, where the real fun is. Right. Right. Like the excitement and nervousness of landing a giant collaboration 
or making your first million or making shipping out your first hundred thousand products and orders like those things like no one can take away from you right like you you fucking did those things and so it's tough because it's tough because you work like really hard to create Mm -hmm. and build something for yourself and you've got to to be an entrepreneur to like the level that I'm trying to get at like there's a lot of sacrifice right there's a lot of hard work there's a lot of understanding compromises and realizing like what are your priorities in life Mm mm-hmm and finding the balance of that. And Sean can test. Like, employees go home, and my job is make sure that their kids can eat. And so sometimes that's like, take away from my personal time, right? People make fun of me because I travel all the time. Like, where are you going this week? Where are you going this week? Where are you going this week? But like, while I'm on vacation, I'm thinking about making money so that all those things can click. Mm-hmm. So everyone else is okay. So everybody... Sees like, oh, you're living lavish. It's like, man, the stress of your kids is my stress. So, like, people don't see how hard it is at the top. Fuck, I'm not at the top. I'm just at the top of the food chain that supply the people underneath me. And your ecosystem. And my ecosystem. Yep, right. Because right? I'm far from the top if we just say, you made it. Mm-hmm. It's it, it To add to that is we, we have Alfonso, right? Pride has Alfonso. But, like, that is not something I take lightly at all. No. And the difference is, though, that, like, those that do, those are the people that hate their boss because they're just another cog in the wheel. Right. And, you know, more money, more problems. I mean, always can say that. I talk to Nick Stell about it all the time. I was like, dude, you're freaking killing it. And he's, like, stressed to the freaking max. I'm like, dude, I can only imagine. Like, yeah, it's you're doing like twenty x what I'm doing right now. I can only imagine the stress that you have that comes with that. It's a different ball game. Yeah. So whatever you do, whenever you're trying to build and create, like you got to have the good people around you that support it because, like, there's a lot of people that I don't talk to anymore with business or mm-hmm. at all because like they don't see it, they don't get it. And my time is very, very precious and very valuable to me mm-hmm. because you're taken away either from my business or the ones that do care about me. So, like, if you're negative, like, you're not around me. Right. Like, I rarely go out and hang out with people unless, like, I want to. Right. Um, there's a guy named Matt Vincent who has a group called 1612. Um, it's a really cool group, um, but it's a lot about, like, mental health and, like, where you're at with yourself. And one of the things he says is, like, I don't do anything unless I want to do it. If it's an obligation to where, like, yeah, he's like, I just don't do it. Like, I won't go hang out with you just because you asked me to. Like, I have to go want to do it because I'm not going to waste my time and be here and dread being here. Right. And so taking that approach into, like, everything that you do in your life is going to, like, keep you in a happy state as possible. It's just about setting boundaries. It is. And I, to be honest with you, I'm really bad at it. Yeah, I've had to, I think that's probably the hardest lesson I've had to learn is how to start saying no. Like, I hate 
hurting people's feelings. Yeah, I'm a people pleaser. Like, I hate it. I'm like, fuck. I love it. Sean just tells him no automatically. I'm like, Sean, you, but like, you gotta I, give like, a little bit. Somebody asks me something, I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'll stop what I'm doing and do it, even though, like, I don't want to and I don't have the time. Right. Right, but. And, and, and I, he's done that, like, Thanksgiving for us, Black Friday. And I'm like, what are you, like, what are you doing? He's like. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Last give Black Friday. Yeah, give me the login. I'm like, and I was stressing, like, fuck, we fucked this up. He's like, logs in, takes care of it. Yeah. That's what we owe you. A pallet. But but you I, eat oatmeal, so that wouldn't matter. In, in due time. Yeah, that's you. But, yeah, I mean, because, like, you want to help those that you want to help, you know? Right. And then it's just really eliminating those that drain on you. Because, like, it wasn't a thing for me to do that. Right. However, I need to be conscious about my time when I'm around my loved ones at the same time, right? Because, you know, if you have 10 people asking you things, then all of a sudden your whole day's gone. Yep. Right? So it's just like setting those boundaries and, like, figuring out, like, what's what and when to do what. Right. And if they don't understand, they don't understand. Right. Is what it is. But you got that call coming up soon, right? Is that at 4? Yeah. It's at 4. It's 4.04. <laughs> Where can uh, people find you, Mike? Social media. Yeah, Mike underscore Krausen. It's spelled Krosen. C-R-O-W-S-O-N. You should change your name to, what is it, Bing King? Bing King. That's just designated for my license plate. Nice. There you go. <laughs> well, I think that wraps up episode seven of the Live With Pride Project with Mike Krausen. I appreciate it, fellas. The one and only. And uh you have any closing thoughts, Sean? I appreciate you, my man. I You know, I'll say it out loud, but I think you obviously know that very much so um it's been it's been a hell of a journey the past what four years right about um some good times hopefully much more to be had hopefully our season continues on it's just begun there we go cool well thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys for the next one out peace